Hello and welcome to episode 25 of series 2 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. I just wanted to let you know what we've got coming up in some future episodes of the show. On the uh, 28th of August, which is our next episode, we have an interview with Andrea Scarpula, who is from DHL Americas. Uh, Andrea is going to be telling us all about the importance of measuring the impact of internal communications. I know this is something that internal communicators get asked about quite a lot and uh, is something that is always of interest at how do we measure the contribution that we are making within our organisations and show a return on investment that organisations are making on internal comms and employee engagement activities. So Andrea is going to be telling us all about her work in that area and it's something that she's been very passionate about throughout her career in internal communications. And then following that on the 12th of October on episode 27, we have an interview with Kirsty Bowen from the Coventry Building Society. Any of you who are um, familiar with the Institute of Internal Communications in the UK may know Kirsty or know of Kirsty's work. She's, she is involved in the uh, in the Institute and she's going to be telling us all about internal communication lessons from the pandemic. So um, we've probably been uh, hearing a lot about the pandemic recently, given we're recording this in the, uh, the late summer, early autumn of 2021. Um, but Kirsty's got some really, really useful lessons that I think that uh, we can we can take f- from the pandemic and that certainly she's, she's taken from her experience that we will be able to apply to other internal communications activities going forward in the future. So that's coming out on the 12th of October. Um, I just wanted to make you aware of an event that we're running. It's it's a, it's a few weeks into the future. It's in the beginning of November, but that's not that far away, which is quite scary. Um, at the beginning of November, we've got one of our free another one of our free webinars coming up. This is on the 4th of November, which is at three o'clock in the afternoon UK time. And we're running a webinar which is all about helping employees understand your organization's big picture. Particularly important at the moment as we're coming out of uh, all of the restrictions that we've been living under for the last uh, 18 months to two years. Um, and the premise behind this is that what we've found in our work is that a lot of business leaders find it difficult to explain the organization's mission, vision and values uh, to their employees. And no, no, no more than now is that important that organizations and employees are, are kind of connected to that and and feeling a sense of of, of purpose coming through this uh, through this ordeal that we've been through um, so so the leaders in question are usually t- quite quite close to the detail of the story and it's quite difficult for them to complex um, but as we know and I'm sure you know that then when when employees kind of understand the big picture when they understand how everything fits together that they they tend to be more engaged they're more connected to the organization and they're they usually produce better results. So uh, in the session, I'm going to be explaining to you how leaders can help uh, their employees and their people within their organisation feel connected to that that big picture. I'm going to share with some of you some, some techniques and tools that we use, um, and you can uh, you can hopefully take something away from that that you can apply yourself. So it's a free webinar. It's on the 4th of November 2021, 3 o'clock in the afternoon UK time. You can book that via our website. So if you go to thebigpicturepeople.co.uk, uh, look along the top of the website and you'll see our events uh, tab.
tab. If you're on a mobile, you'll see it on a little uh, the little hamburger menu at the side. Uh, go to events, click on that. You will see the event listed for the fourth of November. You can uh, you can get some more information on that uh, by clicking on it, and you can or you can go straight to the booking link. It's a Zoom webinar, so you can book directly from the website, uh, and you'll be taken across there. So that's that. Uh, final thing, final request. If uh, if you are not already you've not already done so, please sign up to our mailing list on our website. If you go to engagingic.com, you will see there's a little sign-up form there where you can uh, pop your email address in, and it'll just mean that we can give you uh, send you some regular updates about the show, what's coming up in future episodes, also let you know when the uh, latest episodes have come out, um, but also send you some articles and, and uh, some thought leadership that we've generated that we, we hope you'll find of interest too. Okay, so let's go on to today's guest. One of the challenges that many internal communicators and employee engagers can probably relate to is how do we help out people to understand our organization's overall purpose and how do we connect that purpose to people's day-to-day work? None more so has that become an issue during the pandemic. And whilst people are remote working and a lot of people have been sent to work from home, and even if they haven't, have been more maybe more spread out and more potentially disconnected than they have been in the past, that they're that connecting people to organizational purpose has become uh, a challenge. Now, in today's interview, we're going to talk to to our guest about this uh, very topic, but also to sort of add to that level of complexity, the, the organization in question was actually integral in the management of the, the pandemic as well on a national level. So we've got two layers there. We've got an organization that is driving a lot of the uh, uh, policymaking and also communication with the general public, but also having to deal with the the challenges of a pandemic and uh, very different ways of working and a significant increase in numbers of people working there as well. So that's what our interviewee today is going to talk about. And it's going to share, I think, some really profound learnings about regardless of whether we're looking at a, a pandemic situation or a crisis in the future, there's some really important lessons I think that we can learn here about the importance of helping to keep our people connected to our organization's purpose Uh, at all times and making that a priority to make sure that they understand that why we get out of bed every morning and how my role contributes to that is a significant part of our role as internal communicators and employee engagers. So I hope you find today's interview useful for that. Niall Ryan helps to create work environments where employees can love the work that they do and have a great working relationship and be proud of the company that they work for. Niall helps companies achieve that by creating a workplace experience based around his 20 years of experience in internal communications, employee experience, design, employee engagement, and culture change for some of the world's leading consumer brands. Most recently, Niall has been head of internal communications and engagement at the Department of Health and Social Care and has worked on similar roles at Asda, Harrods, and Liberty. So hello, Niall. How are you? I'm very good, Craig. Thanks very much. Thanks for inviting me. Great to be it's, here. It's an absolute pleasure. Rem- just for the be- list- the benefit of the listeners, where in the world are you at the moment? Um, at the moment, I am in Manchester, a very cloudy day, 
Um, but yeah, the norm for up north at the moment. <laughs> no, nothing unusual for those of you who are listening from outside of the UK. Manchester is renowned for its uh, its 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 wet, its inclement weather, but but has many other wonderful features as well. Which of uh, I wouldn't be here otherwise. Exactly, that more than offset the the uh, the, the, the weather that that uh, and I've been in Manchester when it's been sunny as well. So that's a gross generalisation, but generally speaking. <laughs> um, yeah. So let, let's just. I know you. You've. Um, you. You. I said your most recent role was at the, the Department of Health and Social Care. Um, but I know you've, you've kind of moved on. But just, just tell us a little bit about that as your most kind of recent. Um, uh, you, you know, kind of a long term experience and of what you were doing there and what your role entailed. Yeah. So I joined the Department of Health in April two thousand twenty, mm. at the height of the the pandemic, and the Department of Health and Social Care was a government department uh, sort of right at the centre of that. Mm. And my role was to set up the internal comms and engagement function um, at the department where at that moment in time, it didn't really have any resources in place. Right. And so my role was at quite a pivotal time <laughs> to get things set up really quickly within the organisation, get a team set up and yeah. sort of processes and practices, etc. Right. So there was no actual internal comms team or, or was, wasn't it wasn't formed when you, when you were there before you joined? No? There was one in 2019. And at the end of 2019, there's just been some changes within the department, etc. Right. Right. And, and of course, um, pandemic hits yeah. and the department yeah. goes, oh, cripes. We're, yeah we're in trouble we need to communicate with lots of people really yeah. quickly and effectively so yeah so it's myself and my team coming in yeah wow so yeah kind of a real um uh, and again an immediate need for that for that role hence why why you were brought in and obviously we'll you know you you as i mentioned earlier you've got considerable experience outside of that so we'll be drawing upon all of your all of your career experience not just mm. that that most recent but i thought it's, it's interesting um and um i think when we when we spoke originally anyway we'd said that one, one of the things that we you, you know in that role as you said you've kind of been brought in to uh, uh to, to help the organization communicate at a time when communication was really kind of brought to the fore for, for, for many mm-hmm. organizations um but you you also talked about uh, i guess what, what was what was the challenge was there is that you grew and 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 i guess again just to put this into context the, the department you were working at was kind of front and center of the whole management of the of the of the pandemic from a from kind of a, you know from a governmental basis so you yeah. grew from i think was you said from 12 hundred to four thousand people during that that period um and and obviously one of the challenges there which which is what we're going to focus on today is how you how you on board and bring people into that kind of organizational purpose when uh, when you can't actually well you can see them but you can't actually physically you know be together in the Mm -hmm. same place and where everyone's working remotely so do you want to just tell us a little bit more about that that, that kind of experience that you you went through there with that kind of significant growth and also being kind of in a role or in an you know an organisation that was was absolutely critical to the management of the pandemic and 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 some of the challenges that that brought for you? Yeah, so um, the Department of Health and Social Care um, it has got the Health and Social Care mandate, so mm. of course it's supporting the NHS, social care across the UK, etc. And then it found itself with numerous other competing demands you know 
PPE, mm. test and trace, the joint yeah. biosecurity unit, etc. And of course, you've, you've highlighted the, the vast number of people then who had to come into the department really quickly. Yeah. And probably those extra people, half were from other government departments, um, drafted in to just help out. And probably another thousand people were from the private sector. Mm. So we had a real mix of people who were trying to understand sort of the healthcare landscape, as well as people who were trying to understand the civil service and sort of government ways of working, etc. Mm. And and the one thing that became front and centre quite quickly um, was, as it was called in the department, the COVID battle plan. Right. So, so yes, there was a strategy in the organisation naturally, and we had manifesto commitments, as they call them, in terms of objectives to deliver. But um, obviously what took precedence was the COVID battle plan, which, of course, mm. was orchestrating the activities of test and trace, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, so the challenge was just to try and get that message across to all these people, which again in the department, predominantly had been a work on site organization to mm. then basically flipping to being uh, completely remote for all employees. Um, so, so our challenge was to help employees understand the organization really quickly, mm. what their role was, what was expected of them, because everything was at a fast pace. And then what was also coming um, later was that sort of bigger picture piece in terms of what everyone was doing to fit into delivering that the COVID battle plan, yeah. as well as, of course, the core of what the department was there to do in terms of our manifesto commitments. Yeah, yeah. And and because I guess it's it's always interesting in situations like that, isn't it? Is, is that, the, you know, the kind of it was always a good test of how how robust and accurate that purpose is 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 when you get put under you know a pressure like that to, to yeah. deliver something very short term is is that it is that purpose still so i mean in terms of the purpose of the of the department what what was what was the kind of you know overarching raison d'etre for the for the for that department yeah. that you were trying to articulate and how did that fit in with that kind of immediate sort of short-term strategy well the overall purpose of the department of health social care is um, to lead the health and uh, care system mm. to help people live more independent healthier lives for longer yeah yeah so actually the pandemic well <laughs> that, that's why the department of health and social care was at the center of all of this yeah. activity so it yeah. wasn't as though there was a, a different strategy per se as in a different purpose mm. it's just the, the COVID battle plan as i would refer to it was very sort of acutely targeted activities with very specific timelines and ownership and deliverables etc yeah. um, that needs to be delivered um quite different to probably the normal sort of strategic delivery in an organization so so it was still relevant it obviously was just there was a very sharp focus on specific things that need to be done and yeah. obviously the aim was to protect people's lives which yeah. still fit, fitted in with the overall purpose of the organization so thankfully yeah. there wasn't an incongruence within the organization no, no absolutely not no and i think that's yeah that's that that's that's really important and so so um what, what, what you know how what were some of, i mean i guess from, from a sense of urgency perspective and feeling as though you're doing something useful i think that probably wasn't one of your challenges i think probably people got that or was that an issue was it that people kind of didn't necessarily see a connect with particularly if they're working on maybe some of the more kind of finer details of this battle plan that that how does that helping us with the pandemic was that was did you feel that that was always apparent for people and that wasn't necessarily something you had to kind of attend to or, or was it something that you had to be mindful of as well? i think i think at that micro level um as an internal comms function 
we obviously we were doing socialization of the battle plan within the organization mm. but one things that one of the things that did happen in the organization is when we were onboarding people into the organization yes you had your standard induction which was rapid mm. but managers were onboarding their teams very very fast to understand you're here to do a specific task these are the people that you need to know work mm. with etc here the deliverables where battle plan was broken down into sort of quite minute levels of detail and so i think people's uh level of ownership and understanding of their ownership was quite clear yeah probably it was when it came later when we're sort of on the journey of delivering the COVID battle plan and you know like the rest of the the country we're going through the different waves of lockdowns and all the rest etc we were then starting to think okay all of this activity is is feeding into our overall purpose and of course we still had objectives to deliver as a department yeah in addition to to, to the battle plan but yeah. th- that onboarding activity was something that um at that local level with managers you know we said many organizations we want our managers to sort of pay a lot of attention to that but in the department that is something that it, it happens to necessity because for for managers and leaders yeah the effort they put into that paid back really quickly in terms of getting action done and delivered especially in a, in an environment where there's a huge amount of scrutiny not just on the department of health social care but but all sort of agents and departments that are involved in the, yeah. the delivery and was that something so so that onboarding was that 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 was a process that you were involved in because normally that's kind of an hr training and development was that was that were you involved in that that, that, that was process? a tandem um, affair with right. uh, hr and mm. with internal comms so Brilliant. sort of clear understanding about sort of what we could pick up and mm. as an internal comms function afterwards. So we had a lot of targeted communications to help people understand, okay. you know, the, all those important things about like ways of working, systems, all that kind of stuff. So that's that really important signposting, getting that out to people really, mm. really quickly. Mm. So there, that, so that wasn't, uh, there weren't barriers to people in terms of getting their job done. Yeah. Um, um, so what was, what were some of the, what were some of the tools and because internal comms people always like to know about tools and techniques and, and channels and that sort of thing. What were some of the, you know, go-to, uh, approaches, channels, particular ways you found to be really effective when it came to, uh, you know, making sure that everybody was on that sort of same, same page and kind of coordinated and onboarded as quickly as possible. What did you found find really worked really well? Well, this probably won't surprise a lot of people, but um, and we take it for granted, but our internet mm. became quite pivotal for us as an organization. Mm. So there was a lot we had to do, um, not, not a huge amount, but a number of things we had to do quite quickly mm. um, on our internet in terms yeah. of sort of signposting, and especially around our purpose piece, and particularly within so the purpose organization was around uh, the structure of the organization and yeah. who did what and organizational charts as an example became one of our more searched items so yeah which you know not a surprise really when you have nearly three thousand extra people coming into the department who are trying to navigate their way to who do i need to talk to right now etc so um well that was a very tactical thing to do on the internet but we had lots of other content on our internet as many organizations around covid um around the covid as in covid guidelines because obviously those guidelines were important to employees as people affected by the pandemic. So we were doing just as much work on that as every other organization in the UK. Again, the internet just became a pivotal point uh, for that. What we found was that there was other channels that needed to support the internet and sort of, I guess, 
simplify and break down um, the volume of content that we have on our internet. So we were relying a lot on our targeted um, newsletters, um, which we had our, our weekly bulletins that would be going out to the organization. Thankfully, yeah. we're having a very high hit rate and read rate and action rate. And also we were supporting that with dedicated um, bulletins on specific topics within the organization. Mm, mm. And of course, alongside that, which equally um, important and bringing us back to that purpose piece and our leadership was we had um, a very frequent cadence of leadership communications going on right. across the organization. A lot of it actually on Teams calls as opposed to just more email volume going out to the organization. We tried to get leaders on calls talking to as many people as possible in the organization. And, and that, again, was something that was having a very high success rate. More importantly, it was given an opportunity for dialogue um, within those conversations and question, question and answers, et cetera. And we were fortunate. You know, we had people like Chris Whitty, who yes. is in the Department of Health and Social yeah. Care. So, yeah. of course, uh, a brilliant gentleman who joined our calls, et cetera, and was able to sort of give that, sort of that deeper insight story and answer questions within the organization because – it was interesting for me coming into a healthcare organization that these people working within healthcare, they have a different lens on the whole world of what was mm. going on in the pandemic. So not just people affected by this virus, but also people who are trying to support, you know, the UK get through this pandemic, et cetera. So, so mm. they proved to be very, very valuable um, mechanisms of engaging with their employees yeah. Oh, so that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And and I think, I think what's come across for me there is, is it wasn't, you know, kind of Yammer and workplace and, and, you know, great tools as they are, it was, it was almost like sort of, you know, stick to t- traditional channels. And then, and we, we covered intranets in episode 10 on this, uh, mm-hmm. of this particular series of the, of the podcast, because I think again, you know, we, we, I think we see internet sometimes. I mean, my, 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 my corporate days are long behind me many years since I, and, and again, I guess the internet was just seen as a bit of a sort of repository for scanned and, and sort of digitized documents that would normally have been in a kind of company handbook. But I think actually a modern social internet that's, you know, I kind of have as a functionality and search functionality that you've talked about there is, is, is incredibly important because, you, you 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 know you've got to be able to predict you can't predict everything that people are going to need but you've got to help them to find it when they do need it and i think that's really important to yeah and and with our internet thankfully it was quite a dynamic internet and even though we had teams etc mm. you know we faced a reality just like many other organizations in terms of sort of well-developed sort of social collaboration tools like workplace for example mm. and mm. teams had just been brought into the business so as a function we were trying to sort of get ourselves more mature in those channels, mm-hmm. et cetera. But, yeah. but as our starting point with the internet and and supporting newsletter channels and the visit leadership um, calls or all staff calls, et cetera, um, they worked really well for us. And to quite honest, it was appreciated by our audience. Naturally, yeah. you'd have expected us to measure it. And it was definitely our leadership calls, which became an anchor point um, yeah. within our communications landscape every month. Yeah, and how do, and and measurement is there another thing that that internal communicators always like to hear about? Well, how do you, how did you measure it? So you you've indicated there that there were some sort of metrics that you you were using. Well, well, how did you measure? 
Well, on our leadership calls, when they started out within the department, we're probably getting about 800 people, etc. Mm-hmm. And then probably after about three, four months, that started jumping up to about two and a half thousand okay. um, plus people. And then we're also looking at actually how are the audience engaging with the conversations with leaders. And again, we would go from places, it might be quite quiet calls, and you only get 20, 30 questions, etc. where mm. by the end, it was getting to three to 400 questions, which was great. Of course, you can't accommodate answers to that. But that put us in a, a process of okay, let's get answers to that afterwards okay. and get that loop back out uh, to the business. Okay, and and the same with our newsletter communications. We were we were using a tool called that um, Wired, but it might be Popolo or whatever yeah. or the companies. Yeah. Use. and yeah. again we had lots of diagnostics and and data in there to help us understand what kind of content people were using. Okay. and the same with our internet as well. So we had quite a good understanding of the kind of content that people are searching. Hence, how we knew that actually organizational charts were, were the number, were number the, one search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's really interesting, isn't it? And and I think it's, again, it, it kind of comes back to the sometimes we, we, we can we can think we know what people want, but actually what they really want is is something, you know, we would probably never have even put on our radar. And, and, and yet, you know, by measuring it and having some kind of clear metrics and visibility, you can, you can kind of pick up on that and, and help well, people. Yeah. And, and actually a good example of getting a, a piece of insight about something that you wouldn't expect to find out. It was the organizational charts that led us onto a new avenue of engaging employees in the organization along the same thing, team theme of helping people understand who does what in the organization that led us to, um, devoting a whole sequence of um, of content to spotlight features on teams, yeah, as well as blogs from various team members, etc. Right. Um, in particular, focusing on sort of what do we do, the work we're trying to achieve, the successes we've had, etc. Mm. All trying to build that picture up of this organisation that was virtual, didn't really know anyone, but sort of creating a sense of collectiveness in yeah. terms of our our approach to this galvanizing challenge which was the pandemic yeah and i think when we spoke originally you talked about how do we make help people who are invisible become visible is that is that what you were alluding to there this this sort of you know spotlighting and uh, bringing some stories out exactly and and not just in relation to the topic around our purpose etc but um as well as of course talking about what we had to to achieve as an organization we were we are an organization that has many people in there where we had to be aware of well-being issues, you mm. know, and our diversity and inclusion, et cetera. So, um, and also we have a smarter working team. So, you know, as we sort of evolved into this very agile way of working, um, and a thread that was running through all of the work in those teams, including ourselves, was actually how do we make sure that people didn't get lost within the organization? Mm. So let's say our smarter working team would work with the wellbeing team to develop line manager guidance to ensure that they really are touching in with the individuals within their team, yeah. as well as when they're connecting with their team to make sure that everyone has a voice or if they don't want to articulate themselves on the call, they have an opportunity to contribute to the conversation, et cetera. And mm. at a more macro level, we would, um, as an comms team, we'd be looking at um, those opportunities to recognize people, sort of the, which everyone was an unseen person in the organization, mm. but we double down our efforts to revisit our recognition schemes and process, et cetera. And then how do we showcase them across the department mm. and on our leadership calls, which again, as I said, were becoming quite pivotal, sort of have our 
permanent secretary or second permanent secretary sort of highlighting some of yeah. those people within the organization. So again, just really tapping into that. It was easy because you can't see everyone Yeah, to sort of forget about the actual people who are doing stuff. So again, yeah. that's what we were trying to find as many opportunities as possible to get people visible and different people, not just the same faces, but just yeah. different people for different topics um, in the organization. So is that kind of a, a storytelling, you know, kind of telling people stories about what they'd done and what they'd achieved and how they'd worked and how it kind of built and the, the purpose, the underlying purpose and values of the organization? Was it that that sort of approach that you used? Yeah, it, it, exactly. Mm. But also in tandem with that, we were very mindful that it wasn't just about the professional context, but also about the personal context and people's right, yeah, sort yeah. of lives, which thankfully with, um, you know, our DNI work and the well-being work, we were able to do sort of lots of activity and campaigns mm. where we could get people engaged just in terms of just, you know, what does their office setup look like at, at yeah. home, you know, yeah. or we had something like a Kaido challenge, which is like a sort of physical sports challenge where people from across the organization could take part in and take pictures, et cetera. So that very social element. Yeah. So, so it was definitely from the professional, but also to try and show light to the many new people who were in the department yeah. um, as well. Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of that. I mean, I think I think we probably we're all familiar with the, the, that as well. But I think I think it's really it is one of the positives that's come out of this this sort of humanizing experience, particularly you know from a like kind of leadership perspective of seeing that we're all kind of human beings at the end of the day. We all got a living room and a and a you know and a kind of wall with pictures on and whatever it is, and we're all kind of trying to do the best we can. And I think that that sort of uh, not just seeing it as you know kind of professional stories, but how I'm coping sort of thing has been really. Mm. really good in terms of kind of humanizing organizations hasn't it and uh yeah. and, but an interesting thing that surfaced actually uh which if you don't mind me sharing was mm. um through the research i'm probably very particular to the department but through the the research um on covid and its impact on society and and communities etc we had learned probably by may june last year in the department that learned about sort of the, the health disparities in certain communities, et cetera. Right. And we had that learning in terms of government research. And again, just thinking about the employees who work in the department, they had a different lens on that. And of course we had our thinking about from the diversity and inclusion um, perspective, we had a lot of employees who could relate to, Mm. Um, that sort of issue of health disparities, you know, through ethnic minorities, etc. So interestingly, um, where there was lots of conversation going on about the Black Lives Matter in all organisations, you know, and including in the Department of Health, mm. um, we had a very live and um, um, buoyant conversation, not just about that, but actually about the health agenda mm. um, and what that meant for employees in the organization. And interestingly, this purpose piece comes back where I, it's it wasn't an opportunity, it'd be wrong to say that, but it was it was an unintended sort of happening where mm. this research came out and you know where there's these health disparities and you know people in the organization that diverse inclusion is not just about us and being different in our organization but actually the work that we're doing mm. and how that can have an impact on you know so the diversity of people in the uk and the policy making decisions etc so it was a very multi-layered yeah sort of conversation um so but an example of the kind of conversation that emerged within the organization that we tried to facilitate yeah um, both at that sort of 
business-wide level and and an example of trying to connect people in the organization is that's where um then we sort of had um conversations about race and culture then happening within teams you know coffee catch-ups where literally people would just talk about what did this mean for you what did you think about the findings in the in that health report and you know black lives matter etc yeah yeah so so it, it allowed for that like you're talking about a human connection yeah, yeah. it've it also given an opportunity for people to talk about something other than just that the pressures of work yes yeah yeah, I can imagine it must be a really, really strange but interesting situation to be in. You're almost, you know, we're being affected by this ourselves, but we're also in a position where we can change how that affects everybody else in society as well. It, like you say, it's kind of a an interesting, not paradox is probably the wrong word, but it's a kind of duality, isn't it, that, that must well, have been quite an interesting tension to manage. Well, for our, our marketing um, department, you know, and we'll all have seen, various communications around test and trace and vaccination, yeah. et cetera. What you just said is a perfect example of that then literally fed back out into informing how we connect with and communicate mm. to the UK population in mm. a more targeted, more meaningful way with this realisation that we had these these disparities, you know, and vaccine hesitancy, et cetera. These discoveries were instantly mm. informing the department about its actions that it should take. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a, what an amazing experience so i mean i guess i mean what we've been trying to do with this show throughout the pandemic because it started in the pandemic and has kind of been a child of the pandemic i guess mm-hmm. is, that, is to is to you know make sure that whatever we talk about has longevity after the pandemic because mm-hmm. i think you know i think anything like this does have um profound learning opportunities i mean from your perspective Hopefully, you're not going to. We're going to be not going to be facing a major global crisis again in the next. Well, who knows? Um, but but n- not in the imminent future. But I mean, looking back on the last eighteen months and what you've learned, and particularly, you know, now you've moved on to a new challenge. What 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 are some of the things that you will kind of sort of highlight and put a red ring around in your uh, learning log from the last eighteen months that you know you'll kind of call upon at some point in the future. You're not not necessarily in a crisis management situation, but just as a kind of, you know, really all round professional internal communicator and employee engager. Um I think that the first thing that I would say is I would have always done this as an any other internal communicator, just reinforcing purpose. I think though what's just sharpened my focus is the need to make purpose and strategy relevant and meaningful to individuals to showcase how they're making a difference yeah in what they deliver and and really actually it's it's the end how do we play that back into the organization people at the front line mm. who, who are making this come to life so so you know it's not about leaders sitting down deciding this is a strategy we should go forward blah 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 etc um, and that's of course necessary yeah but actually how do you bring that to life so if anything probably the pandemic has just reinforced that yeah um, but also reinforced that actually it is about employees how do you make it meaningful yeah which is it is a challenge for many organizations that strategy can be a bit ethereal and it's not always easy to try and connect it to the front line no um and then the other thing that 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 i i it's again, become more prevalent, probably thinking about the fact that one of the outcomes, and I'm actually now uh, an example of it, my my new role is completely remote role, um, which is sort of an outcome of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about how do we make conversations, uh, create an environment where conversations 
can happen where it allowed people to bring their whole self to the workplace you know, yeah. around well-being, DNI, really important. How do we get those feedback mechanisms, and how do we create people for opportunities for people to be involved in what's happening in the organisation, decision making, etc. Because um, I'm working in an organisation now that predominantly will stay, um, probably seventy percent remote, etc. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's top of my mind. How do I double down on that, that 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 kind of focus to make sure that. And people are still involved in the organization whilst being virtual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then on, on a team perspective, it just reinforced again for me that it's all about purpose, impact and feedback, you know, and I found that my teams, um, it's always been the same for me. And just again, just reinforce that I found my teams are sort of anchor more into, well, what's our purpose in terms of supporting the organization and what will our impact be and how yeah. do we respond? you know, so quite effectively and quickly um, to that. Um, so the problem I take away is in terms of organisationally, but also the teams teams I lead. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. I think that's a really, really, uh, and it and, and really kind of resonates with, you know, particularly, your, well, all of your points, but particularly the first point, which is, you know, it's kind of what our our purpose is all about which is you know we 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 believe that people can kind of see how their role com- contributes to a bigger picture it makes them more likely to to you know go the go the extra mile make those decisions that that we want them to make when we we can't give them all the answers ourselves and and you know follow the path that that's the right way to go in terms of delivering that purpose and you know the analogy we often use is a bit like we've given them a given them a load of jigsaw pieces but we've not bothered to show them the lid of the box so they've no idea where it all fits together and and you know and i think it's incumbent on us as communicators and working with our leadership teams because i don't think that sometimes and you know, i'm interested in your opinion on this i sometimes i think around the, the leadership table they don't always know what the lid of the box looks like themselves and they need a bit of help to try and kind of be able to articulate that or they may know what it looks like but they can't explain it and um, yeah exactly and, and be clear about what needs to be explained as yes. well you know yes um and, and if, if I think back to, it has also made me more aware of uh, the fact that uh, as we've gone through this change, but mm-hmm. you know, this, this change that will stay be more remote, um, remote working in organisations, etc., is that you? I think sometimes I have more of a distance between myself and the organisation. It doesn't yeah. mean that I don't believe my organisation, but just because I'm not in an office connected to people and all that stuff that you do miss yeah sort of those kind of environments it makes me feel like i am similar to the frontline employee Mm. if i think back to my retail days where you had sort of people working in shops etc whose job was just to focus on the customer and they wouldn't be surrounded by you know all the organizational stuff and content and communication Mm. because they just wouldn't be that's not wasn't really a central part of their day so they would have been sort of more distant from yeah. leadership and management and weirdly now i find that i'm more conscious of that that being remote mm. i sort of got a sense of that as well that i'm not as close to because you know i can't walk past the office of someone or have an instant chat mm. etc so i sort of i guess it's what i'm saying is i got more of an appreciation for yeah that that that, that context of mm. the front line how do we make things yeah relevant yeah exactly more empathetic with their mm. their their plight if that's the right word but mm. yeah yeah well that's been that's been a really really interesting conversation Diana. i think one that the you know, listeners will find really fascinating both just just from a kind of you, you know the the the, the 
the management of the the, the, the the situation but also i think you know from my perspective what's what i found really enlightening is is i think sometimes we you know we sometimes see government and 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 particularly you know kind of um civil servants as, as being kind of a bit bit sort of not always up up with the kind of at the forefront of of you know technology or communication yeah. and i think what you've you've highlighted there is absolutely far from the truth you know what you were do, you're talking about there is some of the the most interesting enlightened um internal comms work that i've heard heard about for some considerable times so i think it's a real credit there and also a really good way of of, of kind of uh of, of shouting out about the you know the not not just the the, the amazing work that was being done by the people working hard but actually internally the amazing job you were doing in terms of keeping everybody coordinated and on the same page well i have to give a big up to my team <laughs> <laughs> too many names to mention i'm sure but yeah. Uh, yeah yeah well look that that has been absolutely fantastic now really really interesting conversation there um just before we wrap up though you know why i've got the kind of the question i ask all of my my guests coming up which is you know even some of that team who you work with kind of intimately during that Mm -hmm. that whole kind of situation and and obviously your new colleagues who you've got are probably maybe you're just getting to know uh, but also people who maybe know you and you you know outside of work as well something that um generally people don't know about niall ryan that that you're willing to share on on air with uh, with our listeners uh so come on over to you what's your what's your secret that you're willing to share with us well, there could be no more random things I could share, but um, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have called it continuous learning for myself, but I realized that actually just something I've done through my personal life is, as well as at work, I sort of just naturally um, I'm always interested in learning new things. So mm. through, through, throughout the years, I've learned a random smorgasbord of stuff, such as I've, I learned Russian um, as a language. I even revisited learning my own uh, heritage language of Irish. Yeah. And then in terms of sort of hobby oriented things, I've done stuff like archery, pottery, calligraphy, judo, and I don't think that list will stop. <laughs> it's, it's sort of one of these magpies. I've gone, like, oh, should I give that a go and see what that's like? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's probably the the kind of thing that people maybe wouldn't know very often with me, and probably think is a bit random. Yeah. I don't care. Random, no, no, absolutely ra- not. Random is good when when work life is probably quite structured, etc. Outside of work, I don't mind a bit of random. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I think eclectic eclectic interests are. Oh, I'm I I I'm not going to. I mean, it's not my my uh, interview. It's yours. I my, I've got a very eclectic interest as well. So I completely, you know, agree with that. Oh, that you know, tell, kind of, tell us one. Tell us one. What one? Well, one random thing. Well, I'm massively into Star Wars. So oh, right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's my kind of one of my guilty pleasures is uh, anything to do with Star Wars. So there you go. I've, I've shared. You're the first guest who's actually asked me to share one of my kind of thing. Something that people. I mean, a lot of my wife knows about it obviously because she suffers uh, and and uh, she'll be listening to this podcast as well but uh, but yeah no it's one of my kind of uh, it's something I, I was really interested in as a kid and over the last few months in the sort of uh, monotony of lockdown has just become something i've become quite yeah, obsessed super with fun. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah 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 but then you know added to that cycling um playing guitar you know similar sort of eclectic okay, mix yeah, that you good. would know you know th- random things that you would never kind of think put together the things, anyway the things, the things that make us us exactly you know and as you said bring 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 your whole self to whole work and purpose, uh, and, yeah. and and uh, bring your whole self to work and kind of you know sense of belonging and all that i think it's really important Good. well look that, that that's been absolutely brilliant niall i'll um if it's okay with you i'll put your your linkedin 
uh, sure. URL in the show notes, uh, which are on the on our website. So if anyone does want to reach out to you and uh, and connect with you and, and and talk to you about your eclectic interests and maybe send you some Russian emails or whatever. <laughs> <Should> we... <laughs> God, now, now I'll be tested. <laughs> cool, cool. I'll, I'll deal with whatever. But yeah, I'm happy happy to connect with whoever. No, wonderful. No, well, look, I, I really appreciate you giving up your time, particularly because I know you're in a kind of transitionary. Well, you're in you're in a new role, which is you know in a few you're only in a few weeks into a new role so mm-hmm. massive respect for you for for, 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 for you know kind of uh, sticking to you your, your uh, promise to be on the show so i really appreciate that now and i wish you all the best for the rest of the year and in your new your new position and obviously be lovely to catch up with you at some point in the future yeah definitely definitely thanks very much for inviting me along to this been an absolute pleasure now take care cheers thank you so thank you for listening to engaging internal comms hope you found this episode useful and we'd love to get your feedback and thoughts about the show so and and also any questions or ideas that you've got for things you'd like us to cover in future episodes so you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can get in touch with us via the contact form on our website, which is engagingic.com. Also, you'll be able to sign up for our mailing list there and we'll send you relevant news about the show, new episodes, and also anything that we think you might be interested in when it comes to internal communications or employee engagement. If you like the show and you haven't already done so, please subscribe to it via your podcast service. And also you can subscribe to it via the links on our podcast page, which again is engagingic.com. Um, if you know anyone else who might be interested in the show please distribute it to them please let them know about it we want to try and grow a community of people here who are contributing to the show giving us new ideas for episodes and things that you'd like to cover in future so thank you very much Mm